Why square board? Why square board? Now girl is the why square board? Why square board? Why square board? Now girl is the why square board? Hello, I'm Yasmin Match Johnson. And I'm Yasmin Blockus Ibrahim. We are Y Square Pod. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. We are back a week early with an additional episode of the podcast. This episode was inspired by the recent events happening worldwide, the protests for justice and racial equality off the back of the unlawful and horrifying murder of George Floyd by the gangster and racist in uniform. May justice be served to the families of George Floyd, Ahmed Elbury, Breonna Taylor, and countless others who have been robbed of their lives on this earth way too soon. And also, say the murderer's name, David Shelvin. So we want justice for all these families. Yeah. Uh, so the interesting fact is uh, Sierra Leone's international airport, and only airport, uh, well, for now, <laughs> is uh, Lunga International Airport, which is situated in northern Sierra Leone in a district called Potloko. So the easiest way to come to the capital, Freetown, is... Hey, 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 don't lie. <laughs> There's no easy way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, you know no I was all being like way. official and stuff. And she's like, ah, 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 ah. No, tell the viewers, no tell the listeners. To get to the capital. This okay, the way. most convenient way to get to the capital is, is through... Eh, eh, but, Yes, boy, you want to describe people in Fokan Salon? But to be honest, name how many countries do you have to get on three modes of transport to get to the capital? Well, city? it is all a journey, yeah. okay? Sierra Leone is a safari, and that's how we like it. I don't like the fact you refer to Sierra Leone as a safari, <laughs> but we move. As in all the obstacles that you have to come <laughs> to get here. But yes, going to Sierra Leone um, and coming to Sierra Leone. Is that the same thing? No, coming to Sierra Leone and leaving Sierra Leone, I meant, yep. is a journey within itself. Um, so that's what Yasmin's referring to. So when you get to Lunga International Airport, um, the Poloko district separates from Western area, which is where Freetown is, by a body of water. So when I was referring earlier to the easiest, or maybe Yasmin prefers the most convenient route, is by passing the body of water through a sea, uh, um, a sea taxi. So that takes about 25, 30-ish minutes, uh, sometimes even 20 minutes. Um, there is the government ferry, which, um, you know, it's hit and miss. Let's just put it that way. I would say most, I think most people use the ferry. Oh, yeah. So a lot of people do use ferry. That is true. That is true. It's cheaper anyways, because the sea taxis are private and a bit more expensive. Yes. Um, you can also go by road, of course, um, which is three hours. So not many people go by road, uh, especially if you live in the capital, and yeah, before in the past, this is way before your time, yes, um, right after the war, there used to be helicopters. So I flew. But what you said before my time, as if we're not the same age. No, <laughs> before your arrival. No, I mean. Oh, oh, okay. Before I came. Yeah, so yeah, in 2002, that was like mid 2000s, yeah, so right after the war. The war ended in 2002. So around that time, 2002, 2005 ish, we had helicopters um, that you would take to cross the. Um, um, oh yeah, I remember. The river. I used one. Yes. And it had no doors. Can you imagine? No, it had doors. It's just that they weren't utilized. Oh. oh. <laughs> Not that that was any better. They were that stiff, huh? They didn't close. Okay. I, I remember. Yeah. Ooh, there were really some fun. wild days. There were some. I think I mentioned this in the podcast that some. Um, uh, the main reason why that stopped, there were there were some Togolese um, soccer players that came to play, and they all died. <gasps> yeah, it crashed. No. Uh huh. Yes, that was like two thousand six, two thousand seven. Yeah, so that just had a halt. Mm hmm. Yeah. And then when those stopped, we started taking the hovercraft. I've never taken it. My parents have taken it. Basically, it's like. Um, I don't know how to describe it. Like they, they say it feels like a balloon. That's the best way I can put it. Like this um, 
this bubble that is around the the surface, whatever it is that they're in, the boat like. But then that caught fire. Yeah, so um, the safest route is the sea taxi or you go by road or the government ferry. Thanks for the interesting questions. <laughs> <laughs> Noted, guys, if you're traveling to Sierra Leone. Um, so today's episode, if you um, didn't get it from the little introduction that we did, but it is episode 27, Racism and Discrimination in Sierra Leone. Oh, yes, that was my cue to say it with her. Okay, let's do that again, yes. Oh, yes. So this episode <laughs> is Racism, Racism and, and Discrimination, Discrimination in Sierra Leone. So um, as Yasmin mentioned earlier, this uh, episode has been inspired by the recent events, uh, not just in the United States, but the global effect this has had um, which stems from years, decades, centuries of racial discrimination, racism, and just white supremacy in general. I think from the event that happened to George Floyd, it's um, made a lot of people wake up and realize that racism is systemic, it's worldwide, it doesn't just happen in the United States. So if there's anything that can be taken from the current protests that are happening, the Black Lives Matter movement, I think it's that people are now more aware. When I say people, I think, people who are not black obviously we know this is our life mm-hmm. but um people well are now <clears throat> more aware of how like entrenched it is in everyday society oh no i disagree to a point i feel like it's not that they're waking up it's because it's now affecting them it's in their face that's the yes and it's, it's in their face yeah. yes that is why Racism in the United States has been normalized for years, you know, mm. casually. Um, even you always talk about it in the, the UK, the difference between UK racism and white racism uh, and uh, Salon, uh, United States racism is that in the States, it's so normalized that you just have to grow a thick skin to in it. In the States, it's over. And then in the UK, it's very like subliminal and it's very... Like, well, that's what I was going to say if you didn't interrupt me. So Yasmin has a very huge interruption issue. So yes, exactly. There's a lot of... Um, microaggressive undertones in the UK but also in the States things like oh wow I just found out you're from Sierra Leone I'm like mm-hmm. you speak very good English so you're implying that people from Africa don't speak English or because I speak with an American accent because I was born and raised so you know those little things like that that you have to correct in the States let alone you know um, in the South because you know I went to school in Georgia um, kids would openly go to school like you know waving the confederate flag and you, you know about American history, you know, what yeah, the, yeah. The yeah, the Confederate flag, yeah, so things like that. So, and, and that's one of the, the big talks that they're talking about, like on social media. It's like you tell black people to get over slavery, but you people are still mourning a war that you lost how many Ouch. years ago? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like you can't get over something that is, like you said, ingrained and embedded in your system. Yeah. America was built. On the labor of slaves, of Africans. So what are you saying? And, and everything is done to their favor. Even police, the police, um, the police, the institution was made to protect white people. That's right. They used to go and, well, they still do, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. They used to go and hunt for black people just to keep their um, white counterparts safe as if we're a threat. But I just, honestly, I just, I can't believe we're still having this um, kind of discussion in 2020. We're still having protests. We're having a whole new civil rights, civil rights movement. movement. Yeah, in a whole pandemic. I mean, the civil rights movement did acknowledge and give um, the black community simple rights, like the right to vote. You know, um, desegregation and all of that. But 
at the institutional level, no. You, that's why a lot of you know, black families, they don't want to give their kids, in quotes, black-sounding names. They want it to be white so they have better opportunities for jobs, for education, and things like that. Because when you read a, a resume, as they always say, you would be more, when I say we, I mean white institution and capitalism, they'll be more inclined to hire a Betty White than a Javanta White. So, you know, things like, so those are the ways that they used to discriminate against um, the black community. Even in housing, it just goes across, across the, the board, really, in housing, because wasn't it in America they used to do the whole segregation of areas and locations? Absolutely. So you can access um, loans if you were in. Uh, exactly. Were, um, underlined as a ghetto area where mm-hmm. black people were. So, um, yeah, I guess it's just history repeating itself. That's it. So it's just people are just tired, you know. People did it peacefully. Colin Kaepernick, the NFL football player, used I to take why a he's knee. Been a bit silent though. He's probably just tired, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we all tired. So yeah, and then um, so what's happening in the states? Of course, it's resonated with people all over the world. You know, our our protesting Liberia, our next door neighbor also had a protest in Sierra Leone. There was a couple of peace walks that were. Um, Organized, and I say peace walks because right now with the state of emergency, they have, um, well, although that hasn't present, uh, prevented other countries from protesting, but in Sierra Leone, we have a state of emergency, and then that prevents people from going out and protesting. So there have been peace walks and peace discussions taking place. Have you been to any? I wanted to go to the one that was organized last week, but the rain. So, and it wasn't at the U.S. Embassy. So when one is organized at the U.S. Embassy, yes, I definitely would want to partake. So it was cancelled just because of the rain? Uh, people were there, so I think they still like walked a bit, but it was raining heavily that day. So yeah, it's true. If you didn't plan for it, yeah. So, But yeah, but this is another one. And the, the numbers were low anyways. I think only like four or five people attended. So they want other people to attend, of course. But yeah, so um, there have been so many talks, especially like on Salon Twitter timeline, about um, the trickle-down effect of not just racism, but people think... I think this is the time that people are trying to play this All Lives Matter card. And it's not just happening in the States, even here too. Uh, when Salon people were talking about... Um, the, the protests and, and the riots that's happening in the States are like, oh, but in Salon, we also had a police, uh, we, we had a, a prison break and, you know, people also lost their lives and stuff like that. But when will we understand as people that when one person spikes, especially like the same person of color, since that is a huge um, div- um, division for us as a society, that it's all our plights. And Black Lives Matter is not just a United States issue. It's everywhere. Even in countries that, yes, we're African and we're predominantly white and predominantly black, this is still an issue because racism itself is not just like, oh, I don't like you because you're black. It's systemic. It's institutionalized. And this is what they've raised and what has been normalized, especially in the States, all their life. They know nothing else other than to be the other, always looking in, in a society that on paper... We're all one, all Americans, but then it's always us versus them. And it will continue to be us versus them if a change, the real change, doesn't come about. I feel like you're always felt to, um, like you're an other. Yeah. Despite having those rules or saying, yeah, you're an American or you're, you're a British citizen, you're always reminded that you're black. And disclaimer, guys, you know how um, last week was like, well... 
Yasmin was like, I requested to do the rant episode. Now Yasmin requests for do this one. <laughs> <laughs> and that is necessary because... I'll tell you why okay. it's necessary. Because real talk, I don't... I, not that I don't like talking... Oh, let me say it much. I don't like talking about race. And okay. I don't talk about race. And I haven't spoken about race willingly um, ever since three years ago when I read Rennie Edo Lodge's book, Why I'm No Longer Talking about race to white people something why i'm no longer talk to white people about race very good book Mm -hmm. and um yeah i just feel like already as a black woman you experience it and it's just exhausting to then want to explain yourself to some people who are committed to not understanding Mm -hmm. and I, i i feel like at the age i'm at now i'm just very um I'm very conscious and committed to preserving my energy and just having a well mental state and well having um, a good well being. Mm-hmm. And I also think about growing up in the UK, like you're always reminded of the color of your skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could just come from oh your hair, your um, or just being asked questions, and mm-hmm. that's something I always think like why, if you really cared. You would do your research. I'm not a free resource. Right. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like, yeah, literally, three, 2017, I read that book and I was like, word, I'm, I'm not even going to waste my energy on this again. Like, I think it's different if, um, if someone was to, to do their own research and then wanted to ask your opinion based on what they'd researched or if they had a conflicting um, thing... For example, this book, if they read the same book as me, were like, oh, um, this chapter on um, the education system in the UK and how it stigmatizes black people, I thought this, what were your thoughts? I think that's different because then you're wanting to start a conversation to get my own point of view. But yeah, I just find it really exhausting to talk about. No, I see. I'm also in the same position that I'm, it's not my, my place, especially like with the internet being a plethora of information to educate people who are, like you said, committed to being ignorant and being, you know, downright racist. Mm. No, but I, the reason why this was inspired is because, I guess mostly because of the Salon Twitter timeline about um, is racism um, an issue in Sierra Leone. So, of course, some people were backing for there was even a poll I saw on Twitter. And I wouldn't say per se that racism is one of our systemic issues. No, because, you know, we're, we're Africans and we're it's a predominantly black society. However, because of our past with colonialism, because we have to go back there, it's one of the byproducts that come from being a formerly colonized country. Because colonization, one of its justifications, well, not justifications, one of its um, ramifications is racism and superiority complex and colorism. In Saloon and Africa at large, colorism is our issue. It's not racism. It's a prejudice and a bias. But these are one of the byproducts that come from colonialism. And that mindset that anything that is Western is deemed better than um, anything that is from Africa, made in Africa, you know, that is Africa or mm-hmm. Salon, let's put it in Salon context. So when um, this whole um, discussion happened on Salon Twitter, and um, so in Sierra Leone, the, the el- I would say the wealthy 1%, like those who control the businesses, is the Lebanese community. Mm-hmm. And they've been here for like a few decades. And also the Indian community as well. Um, those who are black, at least before, maybe not so much now, but at least in the Western area, is the Creole ethnicity that is the elite. 
because when the uh, when they came back as uh, liberated slaves and the colonizers came, they were the ones that they're the ones who have the English sounding name, that's one. And they're the ones who had access to the white collar jobs before indigenous people did. So a lot of Creoles you see are, you know, are lawyers or doctors, teachers, you know, the most common the ones. They're basically the brand ambassadors of the white man. Basically, exactly. And that is also a trickle down effect to indigenous people in Sierra Leone. The same thing in Liberia and other countries that had similar um, histories to, we, to us. So racism itself is not the underlying issue in Sierra Leone. Our underlying issue is all old colonial laws that have not been um, um, turned over. It's colorism, and it's also um, discrimination, which is like nepotism and tribalism. Those are our key issues in Sierra Leone. Yeah. But is racism prominent here? Of course. Anywhere that there are different people, there's bound to be racism. Mm. Not on a systemic um, level, but yes, there is racism. I think our problem is more to do with discrimination. Absolutely. I feel discrimination comes in all, all walks of life in Sierra Leone, mm-hmm. whether it's just even if you want to get a job. And, and back to what you were saying about nepotism, a lot of things in Sierra Leone, Sierra Leone it's who you know. Sababu. That's the, that's the only way you can navigate. Well, it's not the only way, but yeah. Our Sababu and Nostalgia episode was, was it uh, season, season one? Two. Season two. Season yeah. two. Okay, so check out that. We'll also put that in the stories. Mm-hmm. Sababu and Nostalgia. And then Yasmin also dropped the title of the book and the author. Yes. Remy Edo Lodge. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think discrimination is our biggest problem. Mm-hmm. When was your last experience of discrimination? Actually, I'll tell you about my, my last experience about racism. I'm itching to tell the story. Y'all know I like stories. Hey. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, because the whole issue on Salon Twitter was about, you know, the Lebanese community. And um, so I went to um, the Lebanese International School, I've told you all several times. So when I was there, it's not as if, um, yeah, so it's not so much that, um, that Lebanese school was um, immune to any type of racism just because it was a private school. There was some instances, not some, there were many, many instances, actually, that um, of racism, but okay, my experience personally. So you know, 2008 when Obama was elected president, it's like yeah, you know, America has its first black president. So living off that hype. So um, every year around January, like second semester, the beginning of second semester, we always have this big outing, and we go to a beach outside of Freetown. So that year we went to uh, I can't even remember the beach now that you all would know, but it's called John O'Bay, a really nice beach. So we went there, and um, we pay a small fee, and then we get the buses and everything. So on our way back, um, I had a classmate that we had agreed to sit next to each other, and um, she's Serlinian. So black, black Serlinian, let me put that out there. And she had forgot something at the beach, so she ran to go get it. And then, so this uh, little Lebanese kid, she came, I think she was one of the parents, uh, she was one of the kids of one of the chaperones that came. Yes. So, and, okay, so back, so Rosa had a supervisor at our school that was super duper racist that no one ever liked. So she was also, unfortunately, on our bus. And um, so when my uh, classmate went to go and get whatever she forgot at the, the beach, she came back and tried to sit down but then the little girl was in her seat so she was trying to explain to her like nice to go hey you know can you go back to your mom or dad you know I was sitting here and she was like no I'm gonna sit here so you know how kids can be stubborn or whatnot so she's like okay let me just ask the parents so she found the mom I said oh no my daughter can sit there she what? can sit there she wants to I'm just how like how old is this child like seven See, and I we were like 16 yeah we were 16 then, like, even at seven years old that girl knows her privilege 
So I'm just like, so she was trying to tell them, I'm like, no, I was already sitting there. Oh, no, find somewhere else to sit. And then Excuse so, me? yes, I'm just like, is this Rosa Park? So I, I was like, literally half of my age oh wait <laughs> it gets worse so then um the supervisor came like oh yeah so what's the problem because she doesn't know how to talk to people she yells not not even just like at black students she just yells that's how she speaks oh, yeah. so she came to go what is going on i was like um so 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 and so was sitting here but this girl is here can you ask her to oh no she can go and get another bus we're like no no Excuse so me? I, you know I'm here I, hey here i was feeling like martina luther king girl i was like yes this is my moment to shine we have a black president <laughs> here i am saying all of this in a country that we already have a black president and i was like nope if she gets off this bus we're all getting off this bus and we're gonna beat your ass when we get to school hey well i didn't say the ass part but i was like <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're going to beat so you. What happened? The girl just got up. Yeah, of course she got up. But this girl who left something at the beach and came back and had this whole debacle with the seat. You know, get Paddy. You're not asking Paddy for reserve this seat. I was the friend. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. She just came and sat down. It was just so quick. And I was like, okay, she can sit so here before the girl comes. This is your fault. <laughs> oh, it's my fault. Hey. <laughs> because you were not looking after the seat. Ah, uh-uh. so anyways, the girl uh, comes now. Now you, now you How is it my fault? What's me go do? You didn't so, reserve the seat. You had one job. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we're going through this whole back and forth. We're like, no, it, um, she has to sit here or we're all getting off the bus, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, yeah. So then we're just, you know, we're just talking. Come on, we're 16. We're just talking we're like, yeah. You know, this is like Rosa Parks all over again. It's like, oh, let me go back to school. We're going to beat her. So she heard all of that. And as soon as we got, she was the first one to leave and go in her car and go home. So we thought that was it. We're like, okay, you know, whatever. Justice has been served. Hey, tell me why. Monday morning, I get called into the principal's office. No, I was was a model child. So see, this is why it was so surprising that I had this whole, organized this whole uproar in the the bus. So um, they called me and a few other people that, you know, um, were rowdy on the bus. And they called... um, yeah, it was, just, it was just four of us, yeah. All of us that basically had instigated it. And so the principal just looked at me and said, like, oh, Yasmin, you know, you, you never caused trouble. I was like, I know, right? I'm just living off this, you know, this Obama clout in my head. I was like, yeah, I know. It's like, well, okay. You were really gassed, huh? I was no gassed. Ooh, what? That's all we talked about at school. I was like, what? America has a black president now? Oh, my goodness. Because it gave us hope, you know. Obama gave us a lot of hope yeah. and, like, change and, you know, systemic racist... Um, and pride, um, the, yeah. the fact a black man could get to that level. So, yeah, all of that. So, um, he just gave us all a, a warning because all of us, you know, were pretty much in good academic standing. We never had any behavior issues in school. So, he just gave us a warning. And, yeah, but, but you could tell that he basically sided with us, you know, because otherwise he would have suspended us uh, for threatening a You're supervisor. You had a liberal head teacher. Oh, yeah, no, he was very understanding. That's yeah, good. he was very understanding. So, no, he never suspended people, like, willy-nilly, nah. Um, he tries to understand what's going on. Is he still on. there? Yeah, he's still there. He's oh, still, yeah, he's a very nice guy. Yeah, so um, so that, that just, that's just one instance that happened. Of course, you know, there's the, the, the little, like, passive things that happen. Like, um, maybe there was... You know how people will gossip? Not just, you know, the Lebanese community. People do this in general. When you want to gossip about someone, like me, yes, we gossip in French. We gossip in French. <laughs> So it's the same thing. And, um, and some students, you know, when they want to gossip about Cyrillians, black students, they will start speaking in Arabic. Mm. Yeah, so that's what one thing. So we know, I mean, going to Lebanese school, there's no one who didn't pick up, like, re, you know, remedial Arabic, you know, the curse words, um, the insults. You know, we know those things. So if we hear someone like, oh, 
So, you know, little things like that. Like, you know, I mean, that's a school that we learned the national anthem. I told you, I even know the national anthem of Lebanon. So, definitely those things happen. And those are things that we also raised with the administration. And there was some reprimand, but not all the time. I, I don't know if, of course, maybe their parents were influential, of course, and um, stakeholders in the school. But sometimes, yes, you know, sometimes, no. So, in the school setting, yes, there was definitely racism. And I'm sure, of course, in society in general, those who are house help for um, some Lebanese houses, because I won't say all, of course, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So an issue of racism does exist in Sierra Leone, um, but it's not one of our systemic issues as it is in the States. It's more so discrimination. Yeah, 100%. I think it's interesting how um, you could recall back to a school incident as uh, a moment of a racist incident happening because that's the same with me at school I think Mm. that's when I first had like a serious racist um yeah so at school um we I think the only time people are taught about black people in school was slavery which is another topic because that really annoys me. Out of all the accomplishments and things that black people have done, why is that the only thing that is taught in school? Anyway, during... Because the, the racism is institutionalized. Exactly. You always have to... It goes back to that point. Yeah, viewing black people as victims or thugs, that's and it. And so we... Never empowering. And obviously they referred to um, Kunta Kinte and we would watch the um, movie Roots and that's something else that's very... Um, problematic because they don't take into consideration how people like I would feel and also I was outnumbered I went to a very uh, white school and yeah so it was at that time that I'd hear people like um, just repeating what was said in the movies and the n-word and things Mm. like that and it's just like I don't know how to express it that's why I don't even like talking about so how do you think it's shaped that um being raised in the west and moving to sierra leone um how do you think that has shaped your experiences in terms of like handling or confronting racism because in the last episode you talked about how you noticed that some restaurants said they would serve white patrons before black patrons is that anything that you've addressed outwardly or or you've stopped patronizing them like what do you do in um i have addressed it a few times okay. at the one place. Mm-hmm. And I think the only thing at this point that we can do, and I don't know if this sounds racist within itself, I don't think it does because I don't think black people even have the power to be racist. But at this point, I think we need to just um, build ourselves economically. And I do everything in my will and my power to buy black at this point. Mm-hmm. I support black businesses to the best of my capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, hair products... Um, anything. Mm-hmm. If I like what your your service or what you're giving me, I'm most likely going to patronize that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just my way of dealing with it, and I think everyone should find what way um, suits them best to deal with Absolutely. racism. At the end of the day, I don't think it's our problem. We didn't create Created, racism. That's true. So that's true. I that's another reason why I'm so frustrated when people always want to like ask me questions. I'm just like no. If anything, I should be asking you questions, but mm-hmm. I'm not doing that to you, knowing how uncomfortable that makes you feel. But why are you not giving me that same kind of empathy or respect as a human being? Like, oh, you might as well also find this as a difficult um, topic to discuss. Right, right. Especially considering that you live it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, man. That's true, that's true. 
No, a lot of people also on the timeline were talking about how tribalism is one of our, our key issues. I feel... Yeah, we're, li- we're Yeah, for sure. So do you want, do you want to explain... Um, yeah, so tribalism, tribalism basically... So yeah, tribalism slash regionalism. So regionalism is like basically, you know, the, the pride of like where you come from. If you come from the north or the south, that tends to be a big divider because um, these political parties are ingrained in the in these regions. So there's one that's predominantly in the north, which is uh, APC, All People's Congress, and you have the one that's in the south, um, which is Sierra Leone's People's Party, SOPP, which is the current administration in power. So, um, and also tribalism just stems from that. So wherever your ethnicity is from, if it's from the north and south, not inherently, of course, because these are all social constructs, but I guess by legions or anything, um, a lot of people flock to where that political party is based. So um, ethnically speaking, a lot of Timneys are for APC in the north and a lot of Mendes in the south are for SFPP. So that's also ingrained in our politics. And it's also so embedded in like before, at least like in the 70s and 80s, where cronyism and nepotism were really, really high. And, you know, it was one coup after the next. Absolutely. They were higher based on ethnicity. So that's where this whole tribalism feud came about. More so now in, in quotes, modern democracy. Um, it's not that prevalent, but for sure nepotism is. And mm-hmm. probably by default, that would be a byproduct of uh, tribalism because... Not always, but more than likely, they're they may be walking around in the same clique or the same crew, so they might hire someone of the same ethnicity. But before, it was very strategic. Like, yes, you are this, so I'm hiring you because of this. As opposed to now, it's more so cronyism or nepotism. Like, okay, you're my friend, so you know I will definitely have some partial judgment in your hiring process, mm-hmm. and or you're my sister or whatever. And a lot of traditions, for example, if a household are known to to um, vote for a certain party then it's just a generational thing that continues Mm -hmm. a lot of people do that Um, we've mentioned in a previous episode that uh, Sierra Leone has 16 ethnic groups 16 right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, I was thinking, eh? yes we don't talk at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have, um, has 16 ethnic groups so um, yeah that's what Yasmin's referring to in terms of the tribalism that happens in Sierra Leone um, the two biggest ethnic groups, Timini and Mende, would they usually go to one party? Yeah, like I mentioned, um, a lot of Timinis are like um, with APC, which is in the north, because they're from the north, and the south, Mende's, which is SOPP. Okay, and then the remaining ethnic groups are quite shared? Um, yeah, more or less, you know, okay. yeah. Um, in African societies, a lot of people like to identify with the majority ethnicity. So you, you hear about some minor ethnicities identifying as a major one when really they probably are not, but they speak the language or maybe right. they married into the ethnicity, okay. so to speak. But um, yeah, of course there are independent parties. There's loads of independent parties, but we're just giving like a general outtake of how it is in Sierra Leone. So where do you think we go from here? How do we address these issues or make them not so much of an issue in the future? Well, certainly we have this culture of sweeping things under the rug. So we have to acknowledge that we have a problem. Um, and because that's the issue with, with um, the states, they act as if they've overcome racism. They live in this postmodern, post-racist or post-racial um, society, which is far from the truth. So the same thing in Sierra we need to accept and acknowledge that we have an issue of, one, nepotism, because we say it's in passing, um, two, that um, 
the discrimination is so inherent and it's also classist as well. Like if, oh yeah, okay, I've heard about so-so-and-so, even if you don't know about the family, if you've heard about it though, there's some kind of prominence, there's some kind of privilege and power in that you're more likely to be better than, I don't know, your regular Mohammed say who probably had a 4.0 GPA at Fort Bay College, but because you've never heard of his family, you're more likely to hire the one that has a prominent last name. So we have to acknowledge that that is something that institutionalized and that also affects people's opportunities for um, jobs, um, education, um, scholarships. So yeah, we have to accept and acknowledge that that's one and call people out because Sir Sir Leon's were cowards. I mean, I'm not afraid to say that like you see people um, basically beating around the bush and they'll talk about someone and you know who they're talking about, but they'll never outwardly name them. So how do you expect change to come about? But I think that's because, if you're not calling and shaming these people. But I think that's because it's just within the culture from a young age, Sierra Leone's have not been taught to be um, outspoken or expressive. Otherwise, it's seen as um, fitiai or... You, Disrespectful. Like, exactly. Mm-hmm. As if you're the problem. So I think it's not the fact that they don't want to call people out a lot of the time a lot of people are just not used to doing it or don't know how to even go about it because they're scared of the repercussions. That's because they're scared of the repercussions. But I disagree again a little bit just because, like I mentioned in the last episode, we like to nitpick our issues. We We like to choose when and when to be vocal about things like that. So I feel like if we just redirect that energy that we use on things that are baseless Honestly, there will be a change. So it has to be a mindset change overall. Mm-hmm. Accepting and acknowledging, but a general different outlook because you see how the country is deteriorating in different sectors. Mm-hmm. We talk about this all the time and we can't continue to blame the war or you know, Ebola or you know, now people will use COVID as a perfect excuse. No, we have to realize that we can't continue going on the, the spiraling trajectory that we're on unless we continue to... We, be vocal, that's one, not just online, but offline as well, and um, address these issues. But it has to also start from the policy as well, because our our constitution is outdated and so, so colonialist. Outdated. Simple things like, psh, come on. But um, fun, interesting fact. So just go back to the whole Lebanese thing. Um, so there are some, uh, in our constitution, it says that you're, for you to be a citizen of Sierra Leone, you, and it actually says this word, your father or your grandfather has to be a Negro. So someone of African descent, black. And this has spurred like a lot of um, outrage in the Lebanese community. The 1991 constitution. Okay. So, so, um, so this has spurred a lot of like, outrage and protest over the years from Sierra Leonean born Lebanese. Because a lot of them, their grandfathers were born here. You know, mm. this is Sierra Leone's all they know. I don't disagree. But uh, there was a prominent uh, person in this community. Let me just say, Nasser Ayoub was saying how it, he feels like it's reverse racism. And um, because he hasn't gotten his citizenship up till now. I'm like, reverse racism does not exist. Who is the person? Nasser Ayoub. You don't know Nasser Ayoub? I don't too. Hey, Yasser. with you. Nasser Ayoub is a, is a singer, a businessman. He's an activist as well. Okay. Yeah, so he was complaining on um, on Facebook about like not um, not only him but people Lebanese people of Lebanese descent oh, not receiving he, he their citizenship. He's a singer, right? He is a singer. Okay, That's one yeah, thing he I does as well. I know you're talking about. Yeah, so I mean, I don't agree with that clause for um, at all because, like, as an American citizen, I I was given the well, not given. Yeah, I had the birthright of being a citizen um, just because of that. 
Um, and Salom, I'm not saying that they should have like the birthright automatically, but I think there are certain things that they should, um, th- like certain criteria, I feel like they should make for people who are not, as they say, African descent, uh, African descent to be able to, you know, file for citizenship, especially Definitely. if your grandfather 20, was born here. It's the 21st here. century. Yeah, so, but, not, but that's not a common thing, though. Not every country in the world has um, just solely, I think, yeah, um, born from the soil. Not every country has that. Because even in the, in the UK, you all, like, um, uh, um, revoked that law, like, years ago. Just because you're born, that doesn't mean... In America, when you're born, then you're automatically a citizen. But in the UK, it's not like that. If you're born to parents who are not from the UK, you, you don't seem to know this by the way you're looking uh, at me. You, you know, don't know this, yeah. Pe- no, yeah, no, no, this I happened. Like, born in the UK. No, 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 no. If you're um, if you're not born in the UK, if you're if your parents are not from the UK and you're born in the UK, the child has to stay in the UK for ten years uninterrupted <gasps> before the child gets a UK Still passport. Yeah, it's been. A, where have you been? Yeah, they've changed this a long time ago. A long time wow. ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago. They've changed this a while ago though. So, um, oh. yeah, but America, no, that's automatic. And then even if you have a child abroad, that's also automatic. But I don't know about uh, UK, like if you give birth abroad, that I don't know about. But yeah, Jusoli is not very common. Um, it's Jusangini that's common, which is like by blood. So that's how we are Serenians, by blood. Mm. Um, but that's because Pakaba um, reviewed the, um, the Citizenship Act and allowed people to be dual citizens. Before, you couldn't be a dual citizen until 2006. Yeah, so, so people had two passports, but they were hiding it. Yes. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's also recent. Well, and Sierra Leone, so they didn't allow only, it. Only since 2006. Yes, yes. They, they didn't allow it before. So things like, so I think those are the kind of policies and acts and laws that they need to reform mm. because this is where this discrimination is inherent. And that would also help as well. Yeah, I think also just trying to update and just just make the the education system more contextualized to... Sierra Leone. Oh, I agree. Because or Africa. I think, or Africa. Exactly. Or the yeah. continent. Because I think that alongside education would then build a national identity to mm-hmm. have some pride and actually know what Sierra Leone stand for. Mm-hmm. And I think all of that will make a major difference. Yeah. Because it's only at the primary school level that you learn about the history of Sierra Leone. Um, when it gets to secondary school, because secondary school, if you go to a private school, most likely you're going to take the, um, the, the, the London O-levels. But if you go to a, uh, a government-assisted school, most likely you're going to take the, the WASC, which is regional exam. So you would have to know different types of history, not just you know, pertinent to Sierra Leone. So yeah, I definitely agree. They have to also integrate it at the educational level as well. Mm, everything yeah. is just sounding outdated, and now Very. it's the time for change. It's been the time, but <laughs> time's up now. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, okay, so like, that is our episode of Racism and Discrimination in Sierra Leone. Yeah, like Please let us know your thoughts. The interest, no, the not even the interest, in fact, the Salon proverb, Yasmin's been too fast. No, I'm just let saying, me tell let you people the, tell us their thoughts on the timeline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, so the Salon proverb is monkey walk, babu eats. And that is when someone reaps the fruit of someone else's labor. So, um, yeah. That's kind of related to what we've been discussing. How so? Um, I don't really want to dive too much into it. No, dive. That's mean... why I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> I well, love shaking tables. The history and, you know, black people doing the work and not necessarily... You're really, really uncomfortable this. talking about this. I am. <laughs> and I'm glad it can, you can tell that. Um, 
Yeah, so that's why I thought that was a useful proverb. Um, yeah, glad you enjoyed the episode, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Let us, <laughs> let us know. Preempting it. <laughs> yeah, you know. All right, so as usual, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at YSquarePod. All right, check out next week's episode, which happens to be on my birthday. <laughs> so shout out to me on my birthday, June 11. All right, y'all. Happy birthday. Yeah. Well, in advance, too. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. West square board, West square board, now Gallisti West square board. West square board, West square board, now Gallisti West square board.